Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Here in the studio with Chris and Sophie Corder. They are the founders of Bridges to Unity, and that is a marriage ministry. Uh, They have experienced amazing things in their life and in their marriage. Uh, They've experienced miraculous restoration, and really their goal is to help other people walk through the, the brokenness and come out on the other side. And so their goal today is to to share their testimony and ultimately help other people uh, be able to, to walk through similar situations and, and come out better for it. So, uh, Chris and Sophie, I appreciate you guys being here today. Very glad to be here. We're grateful for you having us. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so um, ultimately, Chris has been in ministry for a while, yep. and Sophie, uh, this is a little bit newer for you, but... Uh, this is not how y'all have always uh, been. So kind of give us a little bit of the background and, and give us a little bit more of your story. Hmm. You want me to start? Yeah. All right. So I'll give you. So um, my story is I, uh, I met Christ at an early age. I was eight years old when I met him. And uh, a lot of my life growing up was in pursuit of relationship with him, whether through high school, through college. A um, lot of intentional ministry and focus on him and uh, with kind of a mindset that one day I would be married and people would say, what are you going to be when you grow up? And I, I really don't know, but I'm going to get married and we're going to change the world. I literally would have told you that as a 10 year old and then as a 22 year old college grad uh, before we got married. And then um uh, Sophie and I met each other after college, in my story, after college, and uh, we met each other through mutual friends, and our backgrounds were very different. Mm-hmm. Sophie um, had met Jesus just a few years previously um, to our meeting, and so we, uh, that, go, that, I, that gets you up to us meeting on my side. Why don't you launch <laughs> in a little bit on your side? <laughs> So my story is quite the opposite of his. From the time that I was born, um, I guess I had a family around me for about maybe a year and a half. And my father left and um, he left my mom and I. And, um, you know, that to me was like one of the first doors that began to get a crack in it for the enemy to later in life begin begin to perpetuate these lies in my life that I wasn't worthy of staying for and things like that. And so um, my mom met my daddy, my stepdad, who is my daddy, um, and they married when I was four. And so um, that was a huge blessing in my life and, and just a, a way that God really brought a stable man into my life. But I will still say this, there, there, is a, there is something about your biological father, you know, the person that gave you part of them, you know, you're half of their DNA. And, um, you know, just the thing about them abandoning you is still, is still there. And so when I was 10, I was exposed to pornography for the first time. And um, th- this is a pivotal point in my life, I think. And, and as a woman, you know, 
Well, let me back up. I think that there's a conversation being had now about men or boys, young boys being exposed to pornography and what it does to their brain and how it um, it cheapens their relationships in real life. And there's just a lot of research being done and, and people are talking about this and it's awesome because it absolutely is a tactic of the enemy. And so I'm, I'm thankful that conversation is being had. However, I don't think the conversation is being had about the women being exposed to pornography or girls, little Mm. girls being exposed to pornography and the lie that is perpetuated there of this is what men find attractive or this is what is pretty. Um, This is real beauty. And so I was exposed to that for the first time at 10. I went through high school and I think that laid dormant. But when I got in college, a lot of that uh, kind of came about and, and began to play out. What I had taken in began to play out. And so um, before Chris, well, first I be- became a Christian at 21. I met Jesus in a real way, and, it, and it, was an, it was an awesome thing. I was immediately transformed, but this growing in Christ was going to be a very long uh, a very long process here. So I got married, not to Chris, and um, was married to someone that was, he was addicted to alcohol, but he abused other substances too. We stayed married for four years and then he left. And so now you have, you know, exposure to pornography pornography, and two very important men in my life that have abandoned me. And that's the point that I met Chris. <laughs> and so, yes, like I said, very different stories and, and bless his heart for what he's about to encounter with this one. <laughs> so uh, a lot of good background information and again, very raw and real and transparent, but, you know, also a lot of things that, that a lot of people experience. You know, I, I think that the big lie that that so many people believe is there's nothing wrong with pornography right. you know there, there's nothing wrong with uh, it's kind of a rite of passage you know as a, a mm. young man yes. you know you see the the first playboy or whatever uh, that's that's just what guys do and right. then the reality is it's it's insatiable you know so you see it once and you want to see it again and there are varying levels of you know what that does because the, the further you go, the worse it gets. Correct. Mm-hmm. And the longer you view it, the more that it distorts your reality as to uh, what a relationship should look like yep. or what a physical encounter should look like. And uh, but also self-worth, mm-hmm. um, you know, identity issues. And then you're dealing with the abandonment on top of that, which is compounding things. Yep. And, you know, so a lot of people, uh, they get caught up in identity based on the lies that the enemy continues to perpetuate. And, you know, and it doesn't even have to be, you know, pornography. It could just be social media. It could be uh, TV. It could be news, things of that nature. But but we're constantly being bombarded with these lies that are making us think that we ought to be something that we're not. Instead of being who God's called us to be. So you got that stuff going on. And now you meet an awesome guy who's who's not tried to go down that path. But now y'all's paths are crossing and there's going to be some friction. So fill us in (laughs) what happened there. Mighty friction.
lot of people that are in a position where pornography is impacting them. They're doing things in private, mm-hmm. and they're thinking that it's only if it hurting anybody, it's just hurting me. The reality is that what's done in private relationally impacts every relationship. It literally does, and the the byproducts of it, we have no idea how far-reaching the ripples are. And Sophie would be an example of that, being exposed as a 10-year-old little girl, but how impactful that is in a lot of her identity for a lot of her life. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so those those ripples and those impacts are really, really important to, to, pay, to play in and to understand just they're, they're big. So, so we meet each other, and um, the... Uh, and through a lot of prayer, uh, I, I was I was a part of praying for Sophie uh, and her uh, first husband for his reconciliation and his heart to be righted with Christ. And so, and I watched how she responded to all that situation and the and the brokenness and the divorce that ended up happening. He, he filed for divorce to leave her, and uh, um, and then a few months later asked about asked her to go out with me, and she turned me down. Uh, the first time, which is good, and uh, um, and I persisted, and we ended up dating, and um, and when we married each other, there was there we were uh, I knew that I was uh, that I loved Sophie and wanted to marry her, wanted to spend my life with her. Um, of course, uh, Sophie loved me at the same time, but we had no idea what what was in store for us in the two souls that were coming together in marriage that God was joining together and what it would be like to walk in mm-hmm. uh, in that relationship we I think we kind of had marriage and love and marriage even though I had had I had some great teaching and preparation and mentoring from pastors and Christian leaders and youth leaders and college friends that were in ministry that had impacted my perspective I still in my heart think I think I believe that mar- that love and marriage was kind of this self-oriented feelings-based commodity that you trade back and forth based mm-hmm. on performance. <laughs> and, and and I really, even though I knew in my heart that's not what Jesus did for me, I expected that in marriage mm. to a degree. And also for living the years faithful with God, literally had in my mind that my marriage was going to be saved from struggle and hardship because of my faithfulness with God and my walk with him before marriage, which is ludicrous, yet mm. I did have that expectation. Oh. So uh, early in our marriage, we, 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 were, we got pregnant with our first child a few months in uh, to being married. I would say by the time that our first child, Abby, was born, that our souls were in two very different places already. Mm. Um, uh, Sophie's responses to challenge and conflict and, and trouble would be to pull back, uh, kind of shield herself. I, w- I called it putting up walls in mm-hmm. front of her heart. My response to that was to aggressively pursue her heart in a really offensive manner to mm-hmm. her. Um, I grew up playing ball, and I literally, in my back of my mind, have a respect. I had a respect for these coaches that would grab me by the face mask in college football or high school football and make me do better because they were in my face raising their voice and demanding that I perform better, right. and I would. Uh, and in the back of my mind, I thought I could do that with my wife, which is brutal. So anyway, that gives you an idea of how the conflict began and, and the struggles began early on. Do you want to add to that at all? Yeah. I mean, I just think the the number one thing that we both did in that situation is we misassigned the motives. Mm-hmm. And I, I would look at him and, and if he was raising his voice at me and very 
close to my face, you know, I would think if I ever did that to somebody, that would mean I absolutely hated them. Mm. And therefore, he must hate me. Mm. And for him, he looked at me and said, if I ever looked at someone who was spilling their heart to me with a glazed over look and then said, are you finished? And then went to bed and went to sleep. It would mean I had nothing for them. And so Mm -hmm. he assigned that motive to me. And of course, I was just trying to get some peace in my life. And he was desperate for my heart that he already knew, you know, was was walking away. Mm -hmm. And so we we did. We misassigned those motives. And um and it took a while for for us to really realize what was truly going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. a couple decades. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, again, stuff that that people deal with yes. all the time. Yes. Uh, I, I think a lot of people, myself included, come into you know marriages with unrealistic expectations. Mm. You know, they've seen you know the movies where <laughs> that that person's just going to complete them and it's going to yes. be blissful. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> You know, and it and it's all going to be perfect. You know, meanwhile, in reality, <laughs> you've got two completely different individuals. Yeah. They come from two completely different backgrounds yeah. that have different, you know, perspectives on life, different life experiences. And you're trying to blend all of that into one person because yeah. when you are joined together, you become one. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so again, there's naturally things that are going to have to be worked through in order for it to be what God truly intended it to be. That's right. That's right. But, um, you know, I, I know for me, it was nine years into the marriage before we ever went to counseling because I was a man and I could fix it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I didn't need counseling right. and I wasn't going beforehand because I already knew what I knew. <laughs> and, you know, I was really smart at that age. Uh, <laughs> you know, and then when we got married, you know, she'd say from time to time, we need to go to counseling. I'm, no, 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 no. We're, we're good. You know, what, what do you need to go to counsel? Well, I've got some stuff that I want to have addressed. I'm like, well, tell me. No, I don't want to tell you because you're not going to respond the right way. <laughs> so so it, it took us going in year nine mm. to finally get some breakthrough on some mm. things that, and, and ultimately it came down to like, I'm a selfish jerk and I need to make some changes. Uh, I was thinking, you know, walking in there, well, she's got some stuff she's needed. No, it was me. Uh, but, uh, so you've got these things that you need to work on yep. and y'all are, are now at this place where the friction's probably getting hotter. Mm. Uh, there's probably some fire mm. <laughs> and, um, you know, bring us to that point. Mm. Well, um, let's see about, I'm trying to think about maybe seven, eight years into our marriage. Um, I had a car accident mm-hmm. And so that was, I almost broke my neck in the car accident, ended up having surgery. Um, And that was the introduction of pain pills into my life. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this is what I want to say. We want to tell you the depths of of the pain and really just the, the sin in particularly my life that we experienced because... We want to be able to just say, even then, but God, and right. and which is the the hope mm-hmm. that makes anybody's issues in their mm-hmm. marriage um, 
it's something that can be worked through and they mm-hmm. can stand on the other side of it. And so I just want to say that before, because I don't want to be flippant, almost sounding about, about what I did and what went on in our marriage, because it's not a flippant thing, but praise God, it is in our past mm-hmm. and he redeems and mm-hmm. he restores and he changes people and he mm-hmm. resurrects. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. there's so many words there. And so I don't want to sound flippant about it, but, but I did um, begin um, abusing mm-hmm. prescri- prescription pain medication mm-hmm. um, and just I found, hey, you know, if I don't want to be all in on a fight with him, I can check out emotionally, mm-hmm. numb myself to it, and uh, it'll be a lot easier. And I began to abuse it in that way. I was numbing my my soul, and I was really numbing myself to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And then um, I began to just experience I was deeply dissatisfied in my relationship with Chris I wanted him to be my friend we were not friends and uh, so I was thinking I was being a friend yes but it was not but it was my style of tough friendship. love yeah, yeah. yeah. and it, and but it wasn't what Sophie needed we had two different needs basis coming in and, and so, it was like we were standing on each other's oxygen yes, cords we while were, we, were. we were and so and so in in that I um, began to um, there were other men in my life that kind of raised their hand and said, I'll be your friend. And, um, it just began what I would really term as serial infidelity. Um, and, and I think it just speaks so much to the fact that I was grasping for something that I couldn't find. And I just kept going back for more and it was a power it was a power and I can look back on it now and even look at individuals and see that I was looking for some type of power over this pain in my life and a control grasp. it was it very much was it was fear-based and even looking back to my exposure to pornography and seeing that you know I began to use that as power which is so think about as a woman thinking about I'm in this relationship and I'm going to give everything to, to this person. And I think that's power over them. I mean, to mm-hmm. even for me to just say it now, it's like, I'm going to give up everything and yet have power over you. And it, it just doesn't even make sense. But, but the enemy, there were so many open doors from, from sin of other people whose ripples cracked open doors. If you want to have something visual, the ripples of their sin cracked open the doors for the enemy to whisper lies into my life. And I turned around and repeated it into the next generation, which breaks my heart that I did that. what was going on we um, made every attempt to mend things and we had another baby Mm. and the baby is sitting out there in the lobby Mm. and so um, he's not a baby anymore he's bigger than me but um, and then I just went right back to it and still um, there was a break in the prescription pain medication you know while I was pregnant but I went right back to it because I was looking for cheap soothing 
and the blood of Christ is soothing, but it is not cheap. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for cheap soothing, mm-hmm. and I, and you know, it, I I got what I paid for, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It was cheap. Mm-hmm. So well, you know, it, I see you've got on your your motion team shirt from this year, yep. and uh, at that conference, Levi Lesko spoke. Yep. And he said that he did and, you know, wrote a book called Swipe Right. And he talked about how now uh, it's as easy to have sex with a stranger as it is to order an Uber. Yeah. Yeah. Same amount of time that can take place. But he said so many people think that, you know, they're just they're getting something out of their system. And I'm just going to I'm going to go deal with this need and I'm going to have it and 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 it's going to be taken care of. And I'm done with it. But he said the reality is we're not getting anything out of our system. As a matter of fact, you're getting stuff in your system. Yes. So what you were doing where you're thinking that you're dealing with one issue and you're you're solving a problem, you were you know, compounding problems. Right. Yes. Right. And, you know, which again, you know, thankfully, you know, we're covered by the blood of Jesus. We are covered by his grace. We're covered by his love and covered by his mercy. And because you had a husband that is full of all those fruits of the Spirit and who continued to pray and and probably had other people praying as well, who never gave up, who persevered. Um, you know, it, it's now we get to the redemption side of this yeah. story, which is amazing. It is. It is. I, I do have to tag. I did try to quit in 2009 and the Holy Spirit, literally, I was done. It was a rough, rough patch. Uh, 2008 and beginning of 2009 was a really, that was when everything really came to the head in our relationship. Mm-hmm. We had been in ministry, both of us had been serving in ministry, yet this other life that was existing. And the, the weight of the spiritual, the spiritual weight on my soul was unbearable. And I was, and God showed me in that period that I had been trying with all my might to love my wife. And I had been praying, but I also in my mind was kind of picking it up and trying to do it the next day and what had happened is he, he led me through a period of exposing me to the truth that I couldn't because mm-hmm. love is not a it's not something I can drive that I can produce that I can make happen it literally is part of God's nature and it's a fruit of the spirit and it flows through me by the power of the Holy Spirit and for it to flow to Sophie it needed to look different than what I, I receive love like. And my natural insensitivities had to be toned way down. And so um, what he did is he brought me to a place of freedom in 2009 to love her, but to have no expectations of her loving me back, really ever. And I did have friends that were praying for us, and they were brothers that lifted me up and encouraged me. And it, and, uh, and it took another eight years uh, to 2017, literally January of 2017, where um, the Holy Spirit led uh, my heart to ask Sophie questions just out of the blue. Uh, and then Sophie had been dealing with, at that point, um, some some great leadership and pastoring in her life. She had given up opioids about six months earlier and was able to hear the Holy Spirit again. And he was leading her to to come clean on her secrets because we were still as sick as our secrets. Mm -hmm. And uh, Sophie still couldn't see me as me um, because she was bearing weight uh, that that her soul didn't need to bear. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, and so a beautiful thing happened and at the beginning of that year. So, And, And I'll give a great, I think this is such a vivid example of what 
you know, hearing something with the veil of accepting the identity of the lies in your life and then hearing truth. Mm -hmm. And that is Chris told me, and I remember this so well, every day I get up and what I do is try to love Sophie. Well, now Sophie now hears that and I go, praise God for a man. That's a man. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's praise God for him in my life. But with the veil of the lies Mm -hmm. and covering my ears, I heard every day I get up and I do my darn best to love such a miserable human who is so difficult to love Mm -hmm. as Sophie. Mm -hmm. And that is is a tactic slander of an enemy i mean you you talk about i mean i know there's a book but the bait of satan Mm. i i was gonna be offended Mm. and he was speaking love to Mm. me and i was gonna be offended Mm. and it was because i was living my life based on the the identity that i had willingly accepted from the enemy Mm. and so there came a point where god um, I, I did cold turkey the the opioids. I'm I'm not recommending that someone do that, but that is how mm. it happened with me. Mm. Or or I weaned myself off of them, but it was mm. me and God. We did mm. this, and so, and then I began to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was telling me, you know, you need to confess this sin mm. to your husband, the one you sinned against. Mm. The behavior had stopped years ago, mm. but I was still holding those secrets, and the enemy was able to have power over me in that way because I had nobody to dispel the lies with the truth Mm -hmm. because nobody else knew. Mm -hmm. And so um, he moved me to confess that to my husband. So when Chris came to me and asked me, I was like, okay, this is God, we're doing this right now. And I did um, confess to him, admitted everything to him. It came out over a period of about two weeks. It was like chipping away because I was convinced if he knew the next thing, he's not going to stay. He's not going to stay. And what happened from that for me is when I told him everything and I looked at him and realized that he was there and he was staying, I saw the love of Christ exemplified in human Mm -hmm. form. Somebody that knows everything about you and yet still chooses to stay and love you. And I never, I, I did everything in my power unknowingly to push him out so he could just be another lever, mm-hmm. you know. And and yet what God did is he allowed me to have a man in my life that was going to exemplify the love of Christ lived out in human form. And I mm-hmm. desperately needed to see that. And, and, and he did it because yeah. the, the man tried to leave in 2009 and then the man at the at the beginning you of that, the man. Yeah. Uh, me being the man. And then in 2017, when that all happened, I literally had a decision at that point. And yeah. the Holy Spirit was like, I've given you an answer to every one of your prayers. I've just given you your wife's heart. And uh, you might not like how it looks right now, mm. but you have her heart. Mm. And uh, and and so what are you going to do with that now? And uh, and he had already allowed me to practice loving her for years without having her heart. Mm. And so now it literally was an answer to prayer. And there's no way to walk away from that because uh, that was that was after over two decades of a relationship that was so broken. And now he was restoring it. The last two years have been really amazing just yeah. walking together because we've walked in a place where unity is possible, where our souls, we're aware of how the enemy lies to us. He's not stopped lying. Mm. He just, his effectiveness in it 
has been, we've cut him off at the knees, the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit has, because now we can identify where he manipulates mm-hmm. and where he's slandered. And, uh, and then we get to celebrate really being known and knowing each other and the, and the power of the Holy Spirit, every, every bit of how we're together is supernatural. Absolutely. None of it's natural. Because I failed, I hurt her in so many ways, and then uh, and, and, and wanted to quit mm-hmm. and did quit. The Holy Spirit just said, now you've quit, I'll take it from here. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and so he would wake me up and tell me to love my wife. And so uh, I can't, but you're going to have to. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, that's not a challenge for me. And <laughs> uh, it was a great time yeah. for he and I in that relationship. So. And, I, and I think without God, you know, our story is a, a really sad story to begin with. And, and look at them. Yay for them. They work things out. But I don't think we can, right. you know, is what other people, right. well, I'm just saying other people might go, well, maybe they can work through that. But they, they don't know my spouse. Well, here's the thing. It has nothing. The story is the story that God redeems. Mm. And he, and that can be inserted mm. into any yeah. story. Yeah. And, and that's the power of it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that, that is why we're called to share it is that, you know, we've, we've had almost everything that you can throw at a marriage, mm-hmm. go on in our marriage, but God. And so mm-hmm. we, that's the story. We, we want to tell it every day. And you think about Chris's prayer and his claim is that I'm going to have a marriage. Um, I don't know what I want to do professionally, you know, he would say, but I, I'm going to have a marriage and that marriage is going to change the world. Mm-hmm. And and the way that getting to the marriage that was going to shout victory, it was definitely not the path that he had planned. <laughs> Rarely is it, you yeah. know, and we look right. back, but but it, it is where God gets the glory. Yeah. Where does he get the most glory? Mm-hmm. And he gets a lot of glory. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of times people want to disqualify themselves because they're broken right. or they've been broken right. in the past. Right. And, you know, again, I just, I talked to so many people and I remind them that God did not use the most talented. He did not use the most intelligent. He did not use the person that had it all together. He used the broken. Yeah. And it's only through the broken that he's able to put those pieces back together and ultimately be glorified the way that he truly should be because there's no way possible that your story works out with a happy ending without God. That's right. And, you know, so if it were not um, so, I guess, combustible at, at certain points he bathed it in his love it's like a soothing balm (laughs) yeah and he he took something that that should be just tainted and he made it beautiful Mm -hmm. and now not only is he doing that in your situation he's done it in my life he's done it in so many other people's lives where you know we take those things that the enemy says you better keep that to yourself because if you ever shine light on that, yes. you are going to be ruined. Yes. You are going to be despised. You are going to be so scorned, nobody is going to accept you. Yeah. And when you take those lies and you unpack them and you share them with people, yeah. which is what we do. That's the whole point of this yes. show. Yeah. You take the worst situations and you expose them. He no longer has that power. Right. You have completely decapitated him. That's right. And so I love it that, that this show takes stories of pain where people have, have made it into their purpose because every single time that somebody shares the struggle, 
the devil loses. Mm -hmm. He loses over and over again. And every time somebody hears y'all's testimony, he's losing again. That's right. right. And so that's why we like to to glorify God through these stories. And and I appreciate you guys being willing to, to share and be so transparent. So now, Bridges to Unity, yeah. how can people find out more? How can they get involved? And, and y'all can share your story some more. Yeah, so Bridges, they can go to our website, which is bridgestounity.org, spelled all out, bridgestounity.org. And there they can read and learn and see what our ministry is up to. And uh, what the ministry centered on is, is really going back and helping people in marriage actually go read the user's agreement that we all signed <laughs> on and actually understand what it really means. And uh, I've, I've heard it said, and, re- and one of my favorite authors is, uh, says it, Gary Thomas, that a lot of people believe that the number one biggest need they have in marriage is to be loved. And the reality is that's not our biggest need. We're already loved perfectly before we're ever married by God himself. Marriage, the, I believe the biggest need in marriage is to learn how to love biblically yes. and what that really is. And that within a covenant where one, where two people promise God to love each other um, and stay long enough that God will reveal to them what love really is and then how to do it, mm-hmm. how to let it flow through them. Because it's, again, it's a fruit of a spirit. It's not an enhancement. Mm-hmm. I'm not loving and God comes along and makes me love better. If it's a fruit, which Mm. means I wasn't loving Mm. without the Holy Spirit. And so we want to help couples begin that journey, whatever place they are in marriage. They might be two decades in, four decades in. They might be four weeks in. Um, But we want to help them begin to just put new eyes on the beauty of the relationship and what God wants to do within that amazing relationship where two people need to learn to love and God is faithful to teach them through that union, and it shows us him. The closer we look at the design of marriage, the deeper we'll see the designer Mm -hmm. and the beauty and the amazing love he has for us. So that's that's kind of the journey that we want to walk through. So good. Well, Chris, Sophie, we are out of time for today, but I so appreciate you guys being here. Uh, I love your story. I love how it's helping other people truly find out what God can do in you know, their own lives mm. uh, because, you know, testimony is just do it again. Yes. You know, so if he's done it for y'all, he can do it for somebody yeah. else. No doubt. So for all of y'all out there listening, I know that this has been encouraging to you as it has been for me. This is all we've got for today, but check us out next time on Living Life on Purpose. Yeah.